Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to That's Interesting, episode five. We are joined by the one and the only Ryan Sands. I'm so amped. We are so amped. We've also got Andrew Victorious joining us on the show for some, some witty, witty banter. Should be sensational. Let's talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to That's Interesting with Mark and Alan, where your hosts, the great and powerful Alan Fowlers, as well as yours truly, myself, Mark Fawzi, We'll be discussing and unpacking topics that really interest us, experiences we've had, current affairs in the world, as well as telling some dad jokes and talking some smack along the way. Our aim is to entertain you, provide you with some golden nuggets of value, and pretty much get you through your day in a positive and happy way. Please enjoy hearing us have some fun with this, and don't be shy to tell all your friends to join in. Cool, Ryan. I'm sure. You, I think everybody knows. Uh, everybody knows a little bit about your background. But I'm going to just fire through a few of your achievements. I mean, the list is so long; it feels cool. like like doing an altar just reading through them. But uh, I think you know, <laughs> from uh, you know, running running a running the Nice Marathon on a woman in 2006 to um, to f- f- finishing the series of uh, what's it, the Four Desert Dress series, and then becoming the first yeah. person to win all four deserts on every continent. Um, and then I think in 2008, you went on to do that, the, the, your first one, the self-propelled uh, 250 kilometer six day stage race in the Gobi Desert. Um, 2011, you won the, the Leadville 100 miler. Um, and then also the Nepal leg of the race in the Planet Series. 2012, you won the Vibram 100k in Hong Kong and you were running up in the Western States 100 miler. And then you also broke the record for the Fish River Canyon in under seven hours. Um, 2013, you had a few injuries, but you did go back to school. You managed to come fifth, which is quite impressive. 2014, you competed and broke uh, the Drakensberg Grand Traverse with, uh, with Rena Kriesel. And that's a part of the beginning of a partnership that you guys started. And uh, there were some big things to come after that. Um, 2015, 2016, you also had a few, few races and a few minor injuries and setbacks. But then in 2017, you did uh, what Bruce Ford said you'd eventually do, and you actually went on and won. The the uh, um, sorry the Western States hundred miler, brilliant. So then um, yeah, and then in twenty eighteen you did what many people probably thought was impossible. Uh, you and Rainer together uh, set the FKT. Uh, for those who don't know, it's the fastest known time on the Great Himalayan Trail, running a total of a thousand five hundred forty kilometers in twenty four days, four hours, and just twenty three minutes. So I suppose. What really what I need to ask is how does a twenty four year old Quanti survey from Cape Town go from almost nothing to winning in every uh, winning every stage of the four days race in the four, first four years, and then three years later become the only person to have won an ultra trail race in every continent. Yeah, I guess um, I didn't enjoy my nine to nine to five job. <laughs> no, I think uh, <laughs> like, like I guess growing up, I, I kind of. Yeah, at, at school and stuff, I bumped um, cross country. I played, I played a lot of rugby at, at, at school, and I think it was standards like eight or so. Um, I realized that um, I probably wasn't big enough to, to kind of crack it at, at rugby, and then also started like surfing a lot. But I still try to play a little bit of rugby at varsity. But um, I guess, as I mentioned, nothing wrong with some interres, eh? Nothing wrong with some interres rugger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except I got got steamrolled a few too many, few too many times. <laughs> By um, guys like Alan. So yeah, that was kind of 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and then um, I guess kind of studying quantity and surveying. Uh, my, my dad owned a construction development company that was just kind of a, a natural progression for me, and I, I really enjoyed it. But I um, guess it was only kind of uh, last year when I was studying that I decided to, to run the NISA the half marathon with a bunch of mates. Um, yeah, being pretty young and naive, um, I left entering until pretty late, a couple of weeks before, and then realized half marathon entries had long kind of sold out. So I thought full marathon, half marathon, same, same, entered the, the marathon. My mates kind of laughed it at me, but uh, I thought, what the heck, let me give it a bash. So I ran the Nazi marathon on, on very little training, but really enjoyed it. And I guess also that just that sense of performance and achievement of actually going out and doing something that, that people said you couldn't couldn't do. Yeah, and from sure. there, uh, yeah, I, I kind of grown up in, in Hot Bay my, my whole life. So being surrounded by mountains, I came back, joined my local running club, the Hot Bay Harriers, and then uh, pretty quickly got into trail running. And then, yeah, I guess before I knew it, um, I was lining up at the, at the Gobi Desert Race. But I guess, yes, for me, again, I've always been in like all or nothing person. Uh, so it, it was a very quick progression, but um, I think for me, like when I'm passionate about something and I, I want to kind of make it happen, I kind of really push it. Um, but looking looking back now, I guess kind of yeah, the Gobi Desert Race was about 13 years or so ago. It's been quite a quite a wild adventure. A lot of friends I see that I was at school with, or even university, they're like, "What the hell happened to you, dude? Like this is definitely not not something we we saw you kind of going out and and, and doing." Um, but yeah, I guess I've just been super passionate about it, and uh, I really enjoyed it and and embraced it. And uh, yeah, I think if you're passionate about what you do, uh, it makes success that, that much more easier. Yeah, for sure. All right, it's I mean it's great to hear. It's obviously I mean for for the majority of people, understanding I think the level of discomfort that you feel in let's say a marathon versus uh, a race where you know it's it's many, many, many more kilometers uh, than a marathon. How did you how did you deal with the discomfort that obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't you would have embraced, I guess, for the first time? Because I mean obviously you would have been very uncomfortable doing the the Nisna full on little training. Uh, but then getting into a level of discomfort onto like so for the Gobi, let's say, uh, how did you get it start to deal with that? Yeah, I, I guess like for me, it's, it's always been, I guess it's all relative. Like I would actually say kind of discomfort in a marathon to kind of ultra is the same. Um, I really just try and break it down into bite-sized chunks. Um, so if I wake up and say, flip, um, I'm going to run a hundred miles today. Like mentally that's, that's too daunting. Um, so I really just focus on say getting from one aid station to the next or breaking the race down. Maybe if, if it's a, 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 100 miler breaking it down into four uh, marathon distance races and then within that marathon distance race that I'm running or kind of segment break that down into 10k stretches and if things are going really badly the time to just kind of let me just get to the next tree or kind of get to the next next rock and just yeah really yeah. you know I, I guess just break things down into to bite-sized chunks I think that's kind of been saying that's important and also I guess just to embrace things and really try to focus on the on the positives and and also just remember kind of I'm I'm the, the kind of person that that's chosen to to be here and just make, yeah, it, make sure. it happen and, and, and get myself out of it. What 
I think for me, what fascinates me is because I also, I mean, enjoy some level of discomfort in what I do, but uh, what do you enjoy about that? Because, you know, being in a, in a place where you've immersed yourself so deeply, or immersed yourself so deeply, sorry, in somewhere where you need to do that, you need to break it down into trees or rocks or the 10Ks or whatever it is. What do you love about that that has kept this passion alive for you? Yeah, I guess there's something kind of really special, like, as you say, about kind of running 100 miles or like 100 Ks plus when you're kind of really going to, to the well and you're kind of just emptying the, the tank and you're kind of mentally and physically, you're just, you're just broken. But, yeah, I think it almost just like everything almost goes into to kind of slow motion and, and you're really present and almost feel as like a bit blend uh, in the past, almost like an onion. You're just kind of peeling off the, the layers and you're feeling kind of, more and more you, you're kind of stripping away kind of all the, the crap in, in life. And yeah, I think yeah. to get to 100 miles, you've got it, you've got 100 miles, you've got to kind of, yeah, it just makes you feel feel alive. Um, it's really hard to explain it because yes, at times so. when you're there, yes, yes, it does suck. And to tell someone I enjoy running a, a 100 miles, they kind of think you've lost the plot, which you probably have. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think yeah there is, is something really like unique there and just just pushing yourself and I guess kind of stepping away from just kind of running like racing 100 miles is also I often find sometimes just kind of when things are crazy or things aren't going well sometimes or like like busyness like you almost just want to kind of I sometimes just need to just go for a long run and yeah. sometimes it's yeah. like 12 hours minutes it's 12 hours just kind of clear your head and just Get it, get away from everything, and then I almost find it's easier to to kind of deal with with kind of reality, or just you can kind of pull yourself out of reality and just kind of think things through. Because often, like our lives these days are so busy, so like kind of on the go the whole time. Everything's online. People are wanting instant answers. It's quite like overwhelming. Uh, yes. Whereas, kind of when you're out there running, you just completely detach from it. And I think that's what's like getting a lot of lot more people out there these these days and, and running and, and kind of being in, in nature, even if it's like surfing or, or kind of running mountain biking, it's just kind of really just being detached from from the craziness yeah. of, of reality. Yeah, I guess, you know, about being being unplugged, you know. Exactly. And if you just sum it up, it's just like unplugged from the, the, the chaos that is all the social devices that keep you connected 24-7, you know. No, hundred percent. And I think also, I guess the that so the, these days, like being a professional athlete, has definitely changed a lot for me over the past twelve, thirteen years. It's just like how much, like I guess I was chatting to to Anna Frost, a uh, uh, professional trail runner, the other day, and she was like, I actually started trail running to kind of get away from everything, but now like through trail running, almost have to be like more connected now because like sponsors, yeah. you got to be like. 24-7 on social media, you got to be like responding to everyone, like getting social media bonuses based on like kind of how much you are reactive with, with people and stuff. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you say, sometimes like kind of running just is that escape. Yeah. Wow. It's a fine line. I think um, a lot of us started doing things that we love and are passionate about, whether it's business or sports or whatever. And as soon as it becomes professional, um, kind of becomes work, but as soon, as long as I think you remember, you know, the reason why you started and, and, you know, you enjoy the actual craft. Um, 
So you said something that yeah, really, exactly. yeah, you said something that really resonated right. with me about it being like a, an escape from, an escape from the bombardment of, of the real world at the moment where you can escape. It's like, like for me, I only got into running like two, three years ago and I don't run any distances uh, to, to write home about, but um, casual, casual running. And it's like that time of the day that I get to unwind and all that. Um, a question that I kind of, that I really wanted to ask you was, obviously you ran, you ran the, the Neisner marathon, um, and that in itself is a, is a really good achievement. And what kind of took you from there to the other side of the spectrum, which is kind of the, the, the far end of the spectrum of running these really far extreme adventure races, um, yeah. Because it's one thing to run a marathon, but it's another thing to kind of take your mind to the level where it's actually not many people have been. Yeah, I guess, like I said, like I ran the, the Neisner, Neisner marathon and, and quite quickly, like after that, came back to, to Cape Town, a hot band and joined a local running club and, and did like uh, kind of one or two more road races and then gradually got into a couple of trail races. And then I think like subconsciously, like leaving varsity and obviously starting a kind of proper nine to five job, like kind of everything felt quite like real all, all of a sudden, like you kind of, yeah. you, went, yeah. you, you went to student, you weren't able to kind of go and kind of, kind of have just, a whole bunch just, of beers every, every night. Yeah, and, yeah, do what you, you want. Get, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had to be a, what is this real life? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think like unpacking it over, over the years, I think like subconsciously, almost for me, I've always been someone who's kind of thrived on adventure and going out and doing crazy things. So I think kind of it was that like that, that, that first year kind of working a nine to five job for like a big property development company that I actually decided to enter the Gobi Desert Race. And it was more like a kind of quite a kind of spur of, of the moment. Uh, I remember phoning up my, my dad and saying, there's this kind of crazy, crazy four desert series. Like I want to do one, um, having to nicely ask him for a, for an interest-free loan to, to yeah. enter the race. It was like two and a half thousand dollars at the time to enter, so yeah. they went went cheap. Um, yeah. And then I think for and then kind of going obviously kind of the natural progression from kind of running a couple of thirty k trail races to training for a two hundred and fifty kilometer multi-day kind of stage race carrying everything so your backpack weighed about um 10 kgs was like massive from from kind of that that progression i did train really hard i was quite specific i did a lot of reading yeah. um and and did put in the, the the time and 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 effort um but like i said i think it's just like for me i think subconsciously i just wanted to go out and just do something kind of different and, and have this really cool adventure i, I didn't yeah. plan my dreams to to win the, the event um and i think it was only when i kind of got back and you kind of a few days ago you're running across the gobi the gobi desert um where there's like absolutely nothing to kind of being back and having like your boss crap all over you in the like office kind of, yeah exactly <laughs> it was quite a culture shock so Jeez, that, that yeah. kind of got, got things kind of the cogs turning and thinking like look maybe maybe kind of running around the world and, and doing kind of crazy runs yeah. is, is, is more exciting than 
being a quantity surveyor and counting toilets. <laughs> yeah, so this, could, this could be a thing. I want to make this a thing, okay? <laughs> exactly. Did you get a, did, yeah. you, did you go straight? Did you just run, 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 or did you actually find yourself a coach before you decided to go to bed? Or when you decided to go to bed? Um, so initially, I started without a coach, and I actually picked up kind of ITB quite quite quickly. So I realized, like, okay, I need to be a little bit more structured because yeah, basically, I was just initially just like basically it was work, run, and, and sleep, kind of just doing. Did I did that that for like a month, and then picked up a bit of an injury. And then luckily took a step back and kind of a coach gave me yeah, a bit more of a, a structured program. Mm. Um, so definitely like a lot of people like that, kind of two or three months, like final preparation for, for the Gobi kind of was was crazy. I remember phoning my mom the one day from Table Mountain, like lying next to the blockhouse, like I can't run any further. Please, sure. please come fetch me from, from Rhodes, man. Like that, that training was, was pretty, pretty tough, just getting used to running like multiple days um, I remember doing a lot of um, running with like jackets and stuff on to try acclimatize to to the, the heat. Um, I remember seeing one Tani kind of driving up um, Chapman's Peak and I was like midday kind of really hot so I had about three jackets on and she just looked at me out the window and just started like, but you fucked in jail or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely kind of some interesting, interesting times. She shouted what yeah. everyone else was thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, Ryan. Okay, so speaking of obviously these desert races and uh, and some of the prep that goes into it, which uh, I have no doubt, the more you did them, the more your your pre your your preparation evolved and improved, and you got you obviously got a very very good at it. Um, what are some of the challenges in the races, the first few that you did, that you didn't expect? You know, they were kind of like, wow, I actually didn't think this would be an issue for me, and now it is. Yeah, I guess going back to Gobi, so you're talking, talking a lot about Gobi, that, that was my, my first multi-day yeah. race, and yeah. I'd never run for consecutive days, so I guess, again, luckily being pretty young and, and naive. I didn't really have much of a strategy going in, into the race. I just wanted to, I knew I trained it. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I trained really hard for the, for the race. Um, and I thought like, look, if things go really well, maybe, um, I can get a top 20, maybe top, top 15 or so. But, uh, for me, I was just going to kind of start off and just see how it, how, how it goes. And I remember kind of, on, on the first day, uh, getting to the final A station and, and them saying you're in second place. And I was like, flip, like, are you sure? Like, you're <laughs> yeah. <for> real here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just remember there, I just like literally took, took off and just literally kind of went, went all out for, to, to win that, that, that first stage. And I think waking up the next day, I could, I could remember, I could hardly like walk. I was like, flip, how the hell am I going to get through another six days of this? Um, and again, you, uh, so I think like the major challenge was just actually realizing you can run on tired legs and kind of after about 10, 15 Ks, they do, your legs do tend to, to wake up again. And just repeating that over multi, multiple days, I think, I think was a big challenge. Um, yeah. Also, I guess just in, in the, the training, I, I did for that, like as I mentioned, I think that the training was, was really, really tough. Um, and also just getting used to running with a, with a heavy backpack. I think that that's why... These days, I prefer doing more kind of the one-day, hundred-mile races. It's just you run with it. You don't like a race like Western States. You actually don't even run with a backpack. You run with handhelds. There are lots of aid stations. So 
like off the the topic a little bit trail like yeah, trail yeah, race is cool. is is pretty cool in terms that you get like multi day races which are fully you got to be fully self supported and you can run with a backpack of 10 kgs i've literally seen guys at the back of the pack run with um, like 25 kg backpacks and they're carrying guitars and all sorts of all sorts of things <laughs> wow um, it was pretty actually yeah just all all over the place now but um i think it was Go the sahara desert race I shared a, a tent with with two chicks from from Joburg, um, and I was I was I was amazed because like um, like during the race it's quite interesting like everyone starts off quite prim and proper and then throughout the race just everyone kind of lets their hair down and um, like you're trying to carry as little as possible so everyone doesn't smell super fresh so there's no showering or bathing yeah, or anything yeah. like that but these these two chicks were just like kind of um, they were just like kind of immaculate the, the whole time um but it was just before the long stage they were they were moaning about how heavy their backpacks were and the one girl had really bad blisters and i was like let me like help you try and just throw some stuff out of your backpack because like i could hardly even lift their their, their packs up they were they were so heavy and um, so i didn't know how they were getting through each each stage yeah and i kind of started getting through their, their their packs and actually realized sort of like pulling out various boxes and stuff and they literally had about 10 kgs of, of, of makeup. No. Um, like, no they, they were carrying all this makeup ways. with them. You have to look fabulous. They were, <laughs> yeah, they, like, every day they were putting their makeup on. And I was like, ladies, you're going to have to, like, finish this like this. I mean, yeah. yeah and you just don't like, understand. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've missed the, the kind of the goal but, of this whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, yeah, so basically, and, and they were like, Admin, no, no, we're not, we're not dropping the makeup. You can throw all the food away. It's, it's fine. <laughs> like, so they literally <laughs> tossed out half their, 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 their food. Um, no yeah, and, and, and finished looking, looking a lot better than I did and obviously smelling a lot, a lot better. So, yeah, so it's always pretty interesting what you, what you get out there. Jesus. Yeah, 100%. What is, the, what is the best view you've had when going to the toilet on a race? <laughs> the best view. She's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a couple, maybe like, I guess, kind of fish, look, looking in, into the, the Fish River Fish River Canyon. Um, yeah, I guess some of the multi-day day races, obviously, kind of, you got the, ca- the camps all over the place. So, um, yeah, they kind of, yeah, in the Gobi Desert, um, Sure. Sahara Atacama is pretty pretty epic too, but I guess again I also in two thousand nine I did the the Amazon Jungle Race, which is another multi day race, and that was like properly wild. So I'd say that was probably again like one of the most like kind of at night we slept in, in hammocks, but okay. um, I would take a like a, a bot like and they'll give you rations of, of water every day. So I literally take one of those bottles, empty bottle with me to to sleep at night. And literally pee in, in, in the bottle at night because like as soon as it got dark, there were just like all these eyes like looking at you and you'd like put shine your headlamp down onto the, the floor and there were just these massive like kind of highways of like insects, but like everything is ten times the size that you see anywhere no else. No like, ways, really. Yeah, I've I've run in like Australia and like Tasmania and there's some pretty big snakes and stuff there, but the Amazon jungle like that that's one race like i go back and do a lot of stuff i've done but not, not not the amazon race like we're running with like anacondas there was that that a film crew there and they were filming 
You would also have these river crossings the whole time and uh, they'll have underwater cameras and they'll literally have like caiman and all sorts of things. So um, no way. That was yeah, that was that was pretty pretty interesting. Molly. Yeah, jeepers, creepers. Have you, have you ever wow. had some interesting encounters with, with the local creatures? Yeah, I've, I've seen like a lot of a lot of snakes um, on on the trails here, yeah, and had some very close encounters. Like nearly stood in a puffer a couple of times. Really? Luckily, they are very lazy. Um, mm. Cobras as well. You're kind of running down a single track quite fast. I remember the one time, and then trying to I saw it and it like popped up, and it was quite a big guy, like about two <laughs> meters. And I was trying to slow it down time, like not to kind of literally stand on it. But as I was like kind of slowing down, I was like kicking rocks onto it, which was annoying it even more. And literally, I think I stopped about a couple of centimeters away from it. And the cheetah was just like rised up at, at me, like kind of perfect, perfect height to, to strike me in the nad. So I was like kind of had my hands holding, holding my foot. Anything but the nuts, bro. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to trying to protect um, the crown crown jewels and, and luckily after a while it kind of dropped down and, and kind of oh slithered away. So I think snakes are generally more, more scared of us than than them. Um, even in, yeah. in, in the states, yeah. I've sure. run into a couple of rattlesnakes. I've run into a few bears as well um, in the in, sure. in, in the US. Mm. Um, remember stupidly the one time I saw one and I thought how cool would it be to to kind of take a, a selfie or not not quite a selfie but a, a a kind of selfie of me with a bear in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have done that. I definitely would have done that. <laughs> as, I, as, as I pulled the camera or phone out, he started kind of bounding down the trail to me. So um, I hightailed it out of there. Yeah, abort mission. Abort mission. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then in, I guess in, in, in the Himalayas, we actually saw a snow leopard. So that was. Oh, no, shut pretty, your pretty mouth. Cool. Really? Yeah. So that, that, that was kind of pretty yeah, surreal. Yeah. Uh, sure. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So those, but I guess probably, yeah, I guess um, maybe like kind of the probably on, on Constantia Greenbelts, a couple of, of dogs there probably caused the, the, most, the most harm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you yes. say, when you say um, most snakes are more scared of us than we are of them, I beg to differ. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Um, so no, Ryan, I, I think, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I think, yeah, I'd obviously, I know kind of at the, the at-home environment's always, always tricky. I, I think out on, on, on the trails, they're pretty, pretty yeah. tall. Like I was always petrified of, 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 of snakes. I actually remember kind of thinking back now, the very first trail race I did was the, the Table Mountain Trail Challenge. That was like way back, but I remember doing my kind of, final long run and I was I was really tired running up around the dams on Table Mountain and I remember running like kind of thinking this is not this is not for me and um, it's too, too much hard work <laughs> and then hearing like out the corner of my eye I thought that, thought there was something tracking along with me but like I knew I wasn't running with anyone I didn't have any friends with me and the next minute I looked up it was literally like a kind of a massive cobra just tracking with me like no. along the, the, the side and obviously kind of uh-huh. working him working him up next to kind of having a an afternoon power nap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I would have passed out. If I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I, I hightailed it back down. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean, so speaking of Ryan, I mean, obviously, it's I'm taking a bit of a different turn here now. So, the 
your career, obviously you've turned professional uh, and you started getting on board with sponsors and that kind of thing. And, and I know Red Bull is a big part of your, your team. Uh, and I wanted to find out from an athlete's perspective, how did you, what were your expectations of a like, kind of getting your sponsorships? Was the Red Bull like a dream moment for you? Or did you angle for them? Uh, and then how has the experience been being a Red Bull sponsored athlete for people who are never going to ever know what that's like? Yeah, so I guess I've been been lucky. Like a lot of my sponsors and partners, like I've kind of been with them for the, the full journey. Um, and, and I think it's like for me, it's it's been really important just to kind of Grow that 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 relationship because as you, as uh, you guys mentioned in the past, like some years you have a bad year, other years it's 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 a good good year. So it's kind of yeah, really kind of riding that 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 up yeah. to to together both at the highs and and, and the lows. But um, yeah, Red Bull. Um, yeah, I think I kind of knew the the kind of marketing manager when I first started and kind of spoke to him a bit, and then. Was just using the, the product for about a year yeah. and a half, and then that kind of contacted me like um, out, out of the blue. And um, yeah, to, to be aligned with them has, has been um, really amazing. Just like enabling me to do such such cool things. And I guess you kind of kind of phone them up, and you're like, "I want to do this," and they like flip that. That'll be epic. How, how can we make it happen? Like doing stuff like running across the Himalayas or. Yeah. Or the Drakensberg, or kind of so many other cool things I've done. So it's it's been really like amazing to be a part of them, and just kind of how passionate they they are. Like not just about kind of uh, like getting a return, but just kind of helping you develop into a better athlete. Like I've done trips to to kind of Austria to the high performance center there, or if you're injured, kind of having the, those kind of resources, um, and also just being able to do cool stuff like kind of getting flown to Australia to do the Mark Webber challenge or kind of yeah. doing Red Bull clients in, in New Zealand or kind of doing a, a Red Bull 400 in Canada, which is like a kind of 400 meter sprint up a, up a ski slope. Uh, there've been so many like cool yeah. things to, to do. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been like really, really cool. And just to, I guess, have their, their help and, and, and support has been, been surreal. Yeah, absolutely. Now, aside from the, the athlete's point of view in terms of the sponsorships thing, you're married. Yeah. How does your wife feel about you? Uh, obviously, you were doing the races when you guys met, I assume. Um, yeah. yeah. And how does she feel about you? I mean, it's definitely not the safest avenue to go down in terms of being an athlete and what you're doing. And, and how has that support been important to your journey uh, in, in the racing and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I guess like been been really lucky uh, with my wife Vanessa. Um, yeah, I kind of met her fairly early on in my, my career. And as I say, I was already doing doing races, but at times like I kind of remember like recounting some of those early races. It's quite lonely, kind of going out and and often like I'd go out there two or three weeks beforehand and just being on on your own. So yeah, I've been really lucky that Vanessa's travelled with me to like a lot of events and having her support there. And even as I mentioned now, a lot of the 100 milers and 100k races, like having a, a strong support crew is, is really important. So Vanessa kind of comes out there, kind of gives me that 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 support and also kind of helps with, with crewing and, and, and supporting me along along the way. So that, that's been really cool to be able to share that, that journey with, with someone else. And yeah. as I said, like ultra running or running can be or is a very kind of solo individualist sport but um i think to be able to share it with with other people is is really 
cool and and important. Um, so yeah, she's been like incredibly supportive the the whole way. Obviously, I yeah. guess like doing projects like the Greater Malaya Trail. I think think that that project was the first time where I kind of really felt like I was putting my life at at, at risk. Um, yeah. So I won't lie, I was in in the dog box after that. Um, I probably didn't 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 help myself that I came back for a week and then had to leave on another like two two week kind of sponsorship. Uh, commitment to to Europe, um, oh. so I learned, yeah, <laughs> I learned, I learned, learned the hard way there. But I, yeah, I, 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 like yeah, doing stuff like the uh, Great Himalaya Trail was was epic. But also, I don't think I would kind of rush back into something that extreme mm. again. Just to try and be a bit more calculated, I guess. Kind of, you can't like omit all risk in life like I can literally of course kind of, of course of course um, but, but I think just being a little bit more cautious especially having like a young son now and stuff like that yeah. um, definitely don't want to be kind of throwing myself off a mountain or kind of getting myself into really extreme situations if, if yeah. I can uh, can help it what are some of the um, what are some of the races that are were very were very much one and done. Obviously, you spoke about the Evan Ladder now, but you're kind of like, okay, before it happened, you're like, I really wanted to do this. I've done this. Never doing that again. <laughs> yeah, I think there've been a, been a couple. I think a, a lot of events I kind of find that I kind of do once or twice, and then I'm like, cool, I'll move on to the the next next one. Kind of a race like Western States, I, I did multiple times, but I think like a hundred miler, like level, kind of being so high at altitude. I think after that. Um, my legs were, were so blown. I was like, cool, I'm, I'm done with that. Um, yeah. The Am- Amazon Jungle Race definitely yeah. won't, be, won't be heading back there. Even, I guess, <laughs> even some of the, like, the stage races kind of carrying heavy stuff now, I've kind of feel like kind of been there, done that, got, got the T-shirts, mm-hmm. so kind of focusing more on, on, on one-day events. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess kind of looking forward now, um, I probably am focusing on doing a few more kind of kind of FKT style projects or more kind of adventure projects and kind of spacing up the, the racing a little bit more and doing less racing. They're kind of a lot less races that, that kind of really appeal to me. And I know like if you're running hundred Ks or hundred miles, you really got to be pretty psyched and, and amped to do it. Like you can't just rock up there because kind of a sponsor says you need to, need to be there. Um, yeah. So I th- yeah. So I, I think, um, yeah, I guess off the, off, off the topic, definitely looking to do some some more kind of free running projects as such and kind of uh, been working on, on a project in Namibia along, along the Skeleton Coast and, and stuff like that. Awesome. Alrighty. In one sitting, which is um, quite, quite yes. crazy. Quite stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I guess, as, as you mentioned, on, on the 1st of April... Um, I put something out there like kind of um, I always, always put something stupid on. I think that previous year I put like going to be running comrades this, this year and kind of anyone that knows me I'm not quite um, amped on, on, on the roads but um, at, at the same time so that, that's why I thought I said I'm be running 100 miles at, at home and just basically because I'm not a garden laps type of person I don't enjoy running around in, in circles and yeah. So I just kind of put it out there and, and then actually just got me thinking. I was like, flip, um, this could be a really uh, um, epic um, challenge. Um, just like it's really like from a, a mental kind of point of view just to, I didn't actually know if, if I could 
could achieve it. So um, again, I, I spoke to Red Bull and they were like, Flip, it's, it's quite a cool idea. It's pretty unique and, and different. And um, yeah, but before I knew it, I was kind of starting off at kind of one o'clock in the morning or quarter past one. Um, but I really underestimated how long it would take me. I thought it would um, literally take like kind of 22 hours or so, but it was just so slow and, and really like kind of stop, 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 start. You can never get into a rhythm. Um, mm. It's actually quite a lot of, lot of elevation gain when you kind of add it up. Like my lap was about 110 meters and um, yeah, and it had about like 30 odd, odd meters of, of ele- elevation gain a, a lap. So I think I actually shortchanged myself. I initially thought I did just under four and a half thousand meters of, of elevation gain over the hundred miles, but um, it was actually quite a bit more. But um, mentally, it was it was brutal. And those last forty k's, I was I was in pieces more so than than many kind of hundred mile races I've, I've done. Like physically, like afterwards, it wasn't too bad. Just like mentally, I've still been getting like dizzy kind of spells afterwards. And I was actually just kind of like quite like out of it. Um, and my eyes were getting really sore. And I think it was also uh, just running from kind of the dark outside into the lights at, at night. And then oh, I wow. kind of yeah. Through, yeah, like the floors are white cement. So that with like bright lights was just freaking me, freaking me out. So I was quite like disoriented at, at the end. Like when I, yeah, I was kind of very relieved to to kind of take, take that one off. And I, I definitely won't be, won't be doing that again. But it was, it was cool to, to give it a bash, something, something different. And like I said, like maybe like a stupid idea and probably not something... I would normally do like running around in, in loops. I enjoy the adventure, but it's cool just to like, for me, I've always loved thinking outside the box and just seeing what yeah. you can do and create. And it was quite, quite cool to kind of do a, like a, a mini or like micro adventure like that at, at, at home. And also just, I guess for me, it was good to like really empty, empty the tank a little bit. And just like, I was quite happy just to do nothing for, for a week or so after that. And now I'm kind of starting to get a bit, a bit edgy. But so edgy. hopefully, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully things get get relaxed a bit on Friday. So it's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, I think. Well, people probably don't know, but the the way that this conversation came about is that Ryan and I live in the same estate, and that morning I drove into the estate around nine a.m. and I saw you running around your house, and I like I kind of greeted out my window, and you looked at yeah. you looked quite over it, um, yeah. and I, I just thought you know you're running. 5Ks around your house, that must be soul-destroying. And um, <laughs> next thing, uh, <laughs> when I got home, I opened Instagram and I saw what, what actually what you were doing. You'd been running for a number of hours already. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I think for me, because I almost like, it's, I, don't know, I just thought like, like doing five, it, I almost felt like it was harder to do 5Ks. Just rather just, if I'm going to do it, just go all in and try, yeah. and, try and do like a, like a hundred miles, yeah. but I think when I was at nine o'clock in the morning, I, I probably realized then that I was going to be in for a much, much longer kind yeah. of time than, than what I hoped for. Hectic, okay. 100%. <laughs> yes. So Ryan, with the, um, I mean, obviously with the adventure stuff and the multi, you said you're kind of gearing away from the multi-day stuff now. Uh, free running. So like free running projects, like you mentioned just before the follow break that, uh, you know, something you want to get involved in, you're busy working on a project now, you don't, obviously you don't have to divulge anything uh, unless you're able to. Um, but what are some really cool things that you'd like to do that aren't races that are potentially not even ideas yet, but you've just kind of thought, yes, that'd be something really cool that I'd like to try. 
Yeah, I guess like coming from from Africa, like I've been lucky to to run all over the world, like run on all seven continents. But I feel like we've got so much cool stuff in in Africa and and Southern Africa. I'd love to like explore more of of that. So I've been kind of chatting to like a couple, like yeah, I'd love to do like a couple of of runs maybe in like kind of Botswana, Namibia, kind of more kind of really kind of wild runs. But obviously, yeah. I guess it's. It's important, a that like we discussed earlier. Ideally, don't I like obviously there's always is a chance where you can get eaten, but I really obviously <laughs> it, limit it, like, the risk of being eaten. <laughs> exactly. So looking at that, but I also don't want to like it, it needs to also be natural. If it's like I'm gonna have a ten vehicles of game rangers driving around me, then like it's it's, it's no it's no point. But I, I really would like to kind of. Um, explore a bit more of, of Africa. Um, there's some mm. pretty cool things. Like as I mentioned, I'm busy with a with a project in Namibia along the Skeleton Coast. Um, I would kind of was there was there last year. And it was yeah, pretty pretty epic. So um, hoping to to get back there in yeah. in October. So I, I guess for me, it's just kind of really kind of having new and and unique experiences. Um, and I always enjoy even like the the home run, just like. A lot of people say, like, unless it's a race, that they can't push them themselves. And um, for me, I really enjoy sometimes just setting like a personal challenge. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just think, like, can I get from a point A to B? Can I run these five hundred k's? And let me just give it a, give it a go. And like, at the end of the day, no one really cares who kind of who does it except for you. But it's 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 pretty. Yeah, um, yeah I, I enjoy that. Just that kind of really kind of solo pursuit. So so looking at more stuff like like that. Um, there are lots of. There's the kind of Appalachian Trail in the in the US, or, or maybe even possibly the Tiora yeah. Trail, New Zealand. Maybe looking at doing some some long, really long trails. Uh, but having said that, after the the Great Malaya Trail, I promised myself I'd never do like really long, long kind of stuff like that again, because that that really took it out of me for a good. Just um, I think it was at least at least a year afterwards. A year. Wow. Yeah, I, I think just mentally, like. I feel like unpacking a lot of stuff like that, that. I had to actually do an interview for to Red Bull today, and um, right at the end of of the, the run, Rain and myself actually got chased by some local guys. And like the most epic thing about Himalayas, and we wouldn't be here right now if um, if it wasn't for the kindness and generosity of the people. Just like we were stranded in some pretty kind of gnarly areas, and people just inviting us into to their homes. Yeah. But um, right at the end, we got got chased by some pretty pretty dodgy dudes, um, and yeah, it was kind of you get that gut feel, you know, like if they catch us now, we we in serious trouble. So yeah. it's just yeah, so many things that like happened that went on. It took a, like a really long time to kind of unpack it all and and kind of just process it. Yeah, yeah. Did that uh, did that experience? I mean, post that, uh, how long how long did it take you to mentally get up for another run? Or another race type adventure. Yeah, I had. Um, so as I mentioned, like I got back for like it was actually like a week or so, and then I had to go yeah. off and do another um, like a training camp with Salomon and and some kind of other commitment. So I was actually okay. kind of running straight away. I, I think the problem is it was weird. Like throughout the project, like mentally I was really tired and physically I was like really drained. But I almost felt like athletically I was getting like stronger and stronger like I was getting because it was like very slow going but just like really long days I felt like I was building up like a really strong um, aerobic okay. base and I thought like flip I'm going to really kind of 
smash it when I kind of go and do some races in, in a couple yeah. of months' time. Really, the day we stopped, about two or three days later, just everything started like crashing. I was just like, kind of done. And yeah. But yeah, I, I, I like did a fair amount of like kind of running and, and racing that 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 year, but it just wasn't wasn't great. And it was weird. Like after like running, like I really struggled. Like as I've mentioned, I really enjoy like doing long runs on my own and just getting out there and just kind of decompressing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. After after Himalayas, like I would kind of run for 90 minutes and I'd get to two hours and I was like, I don't want to run and I don't want to be on my own anymore. Like you're just kind of over being sure. on, on your own headspace for, for too long. So that, that took about like nine months or so to, to get over that. Mm. Yeah, because that's definitely one aspect that you don't, you don't kind of consider or, you know, the rest of us wouldn't is that, you know, you're obviously in your go out for a marathon or whatever it is and you, you know, for a few hours in your own, in your own headspace. But when it's, that much time, that consistently over that that you know period, that uh, what effect that would have mentally. I mean, I would have absolutely no idea of of how that would feel. Um, yeah, Ryan, it's just I think I speak for all three of us when I say it's just amazing to chat to you and and get some insight into into these experiences. And one thing I want to dive deeper into is for you and and going into this obviously you know we've talked about your background and how you came up through the Nisner and the, the running club and the trails and everything what in terms of mentally um your mental approach to the races did it become i don't want to just adventure but i want to win like is there that that champion mindset where you've been like i want i don't just want to explore things i want to win things or did the winning come as a result of you just enjoying the exploring? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good good question. I think it's finding that 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 balance. Like for me, I am an actually competitive person and if you still remember <laughs> yeah. as as like a kid, I think it was the very first Cricket World Cup we were allowed back at I think it was ninety two and with the whole rain delay in England kind yeah. of beating us I bawled my eyes out for days. Like I just couldn't, couldn't take that. And I even remember, like, kind of at school, like big rugby games. Like I went to, to sacks. Like if we lost to like Rondebosch or Bishops or kind of one of the the southern suburbs schools, like yeah. kind of really took it, took it badly. So I think I've always been a naturally, or well, I know I have been like a naturally competitive person. But I think more so with myself. So I think it's just kind of trying to do the best I can do. And I think that's why. Like I sometimes mm. thrive off doing like an FKT because it's just like often me trying to push my, myself. Um, yeah. But obviously, and then and then also enjoying that that adventure. Like so, I think you've got to be passionate about what you do, and I, I like kind of love what I do, and, and I'm passionate. And also like mixing it up the whole time, doing different types of events, doing some sure. racing, some more more free running. But I definitely you do have to have that 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 competitive element, um, and I think with like ultras at times it's almost like important to be like more competitive with yourself like for me it's more said i want to get to the finish line as quick as i can don't worry too much about the guys around me um because like often guys go up way too fast and they blow up and if you like try and go with them then you're going to blow up too um yeah so it's just kind of trying to really kind of be as competitive as possible like get the best out of your, your, yourself but also I guess use the guys around you to to do that I know I've never really kind of felt like kind of at the start line thinking like looking at, at the competitor next to me and saying like I want to beat you it's more like I just want to get to the, 
the finish line as quick as I can. And if that's okay. good enough to win, that's 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 a bonus. Um, but yeah, I, I, like having said all that, I definitely think like I know like there is a there is like a big natural like competitor um, kind of part of me. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to be, you know, when you start the race, it's like, I'm going to do this as quick as I can. And then, like you say, when those guys told you, hey, there's one guy ahead of you before the next, you know, before the end of the day or whatever, you go like, right, I'm coming for you, boy. I'm coming. <laughs> no, exactly. I think that's what I've also realized now, like the more, like, more and more I compete, that like, in order for me to kind of still do, do well, because like, yeah, I've been doing this for like 13 years now. So I guess I'm a bit of a, an older belly when, when you look a at veteran. <laughs> Yeah, when you see some of the young guys coming through now and how the sport is progressing, the sad thing is that a lot of guys only do the sport for like two or three years and they're either, either like physically or mentally completely fried. So I think for me, just kind of trying to spread out the racing a little bit more now and just mm. really do thing, races that really appeal to me and not just kind of line up at, at, a, at a race because people yeah. think I must be there. So I think it's, it's important to find that balance because yeah, I'm hoping I can kind of still, still keep on uh, keeping on for a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of your your pre race prep, so yeah, I mean, obviously, training is one thing, and, and having a running coach and and all of that stuff, and doing the right prep for it is important. Um, I want to touch on just I'm sure people will be interested to know a nutrition sort of leading up to those huge races. You know, how do you does it change? Do you adapt it before you go into it? Uh, and then secondly, do you have like a a daily routine, like your morning routine, like you have a, a meditation or a quiet time or a, whatever it is for you. What is that for you? So touch on your pre-race nutrition and then a morning routine. Yeah, I guess like it's, it's like constantly evolving the, the whole time. So like nutrition wise, I don't follow like a really strict diet. I try to eat cleanly and, and healthy, but you also got to like live life and enjoy life. Um, so, yeah, I, I, as I said, and I also like I don't, I don't follow like one specific type of, of diet, but I, I do believe in, in kind of uh, going through cycles. So there are times when like I will cut out meat and there are times when I'll kind of eat less, less carbs and try to follow like more of a kind of protein diet uh, mm. just to get, mm. get my body like able to kind of use a bit of everything because kind of I guess your two main energy sources are kind of your carbohydrates and then yeah and then yeah and then the, the, the fats um so like at times i'll do like some of my easier runs like being carb depleted and really try and be able to use that energy system and then also at, at the same time i, I don't want to just do that and cut out my kind of my carb energy system because i think that's probably the system you do use the the most so yeah i think it's, it's not been too too specific i find um like I've, I know a lot of people that have kind of followed a specific diet and they get great results for like a couple of months and then they can kind of start going downhill yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit. I think our bodies like are really good at reacting to different responses, but I think you've got to, kind of, if you want to like keep getting those responses, you've got to like mix it up a little bit. And also again, like as I say, keep it, keep it exciting. So um, yeah, I, I think it's important to like enjoy, yeah. enjoy life as, as well, but just try and try and eat um, healthily. And then from a, a training point of view, again, I used to probably do a lot higher mileage than what I do now. I've definitely reduced things quite a bit just for more longevity. Like yeah. I know the guys in the States, they believe like they have to be running 200 mile weeks. Otherwise, they kind of 
not in good shape and I'm like sure no ways I'm <laughs> no ways I'm doing I'm doing doing that so probably running on average between 15 hours a week and sometimes up at like 30 if I'm doing like a really big block and then doing yeah. like a lot of strength and mobility work as well um, and often I'll do this more outside of high running volumes um, and then also getting a lot of massages and some line of yeah, body maintenance yeah I think that, that that's really important just to kind of keep that longevity and, and not and not uh, get get injured um, and then yeah, and then I guess the closer I get to an event, the more specific I will train for that for that event. Um, yeah, I guess it's even like thinking about it now, like with with lockdown, there are a lot of guys I know that are on treadmills and they're just flipping, running and running and running. And for me, it's just like it's pointless. Like it's it's important. Like I've been doing a lot of strength work and, and trying to kind of work on on strength, but not like yeah. never killing the running and running on on a treadmill because I've realised. So many, most of my races have been cancelled or postponed or up in the air. Like I don't think mm. it's gonna. I don't think I'm potentially. I don't see myself doing an international race this year. So what's the point yeah. of kind of mm. killing myself on on a treadmill? Yeah, the so impact. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I guess it's also just kind of adapting to the the, the situation as well. Of course, of course. And at the moment, buddy, what's your what's your your morning routine? Like, are you are you are you awake up? The first thing I need is coffee. Or you uh, wake up, I need a glass of water and it's got uh, three spoons of ginger and one spoon of uh, spirulina. <laughs> What's your vibe? Yeah, no, I'm definitely the, the spirulina person. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I need, I need, I need some, some coffee, when, <laughs> coffee when, I, when I wake up. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm still trying to get back in Vanessa's good books off the Himalayas, so I have to take her, her yeah, just... coffee as well. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess kind of, um, I've, I've always enjoyed the, the morning. So, um, I guess generally I kind of sometimes use the mornings first thing just to kind of do a bit of admin stuff, kind of wake up, have a bit of coffee. And then, and then currently now, cause we kind of in lockdown, I generally do like a morning kind of strength session or something. And then, um, uh, in the afternoons tend to like do a little bit of light running. Um, yeah. but yeah, not, not over, over killing that. Um, but otherwise, normally, like general day, probably would would go for like a run in in the in, in the morning um, if I could get out onto yeah. the trails. But not super, not, not not like super super early. Like I've always been big into like kind of getting your your sleep is is important. I think like training is important, but like recovery is just as important. Obviously, having a, a three year old son now, kind of he does tend to to wake up quite quite early some morning. So I guess it also he is the alarm clock. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and how is that uh, having a, having the light tea obviously come into your life? It's uh, I mean, it's an incredible uh, blessing, of course. Um, and how yeah. is, how has that, if anything, changed your lifestyle? Um, or what do you has it changed? Also, has it changed what you think about during one of your events? Like, does he you know does your 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 kid cross your mind? Um, you know. Yeah, I think it's definitely given me like a lot of perspective um just in terms of, i think they're like times when my career maybe like i do put too much pressure on myself and it's all about like racing racing and getting in the best shape and kind of getting them the like perfect amount of sleep and training sessions have to go perfectly and i think yeah when you when you have a lighty kind of everything gets thrown upside down it's just kind yeah. of make Completely make true. the best of yeah <laughs> make, make the best of, of what you've kind of got and, and, and the situation so i think it's been 
that's been like really cool. And I've actually kind of um, like after having Max, I kind of had some, I had like quite a bad like kind of year period um, where I had like glandular fever and some overtraining syndrome like leading up to, to kind of having Max. And like after like having Max, I kind of felt I chilled out a lot more and it was just a lot more relaxed and maybe a little bit like more happy-go-lucky as kind of what I yeah. like maybe used to be, a little bit less pressure. And actually my like racing performance kind of, really improved and maybe I don't I don't think my training kind of my training definitely wasn't as good as what it just changed was, drastically you know. yeah yeah so I think it's that and also I guess like at the end of the day I don't think really Max really cares if I come last or, or first I think he just wants no, me to be a, a good dad so I, I think that's that's something cool to, to remember I think it just puts everything in in perspective like I guess within within reason yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Guys, do you have any more questions? Mark, Andrew, eh? Or well, you've still got your mouths full of popcorn there. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, we're watching. It's been actually very, it's been very fascinating to listen to. Um, I think we, we, we do need to wrap up quite soon. We've been going for about yeah. an hour. Um, Andrew, I think. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I suppose through this lockdown, Ryan, you, where you live, you're surrounded by mountains. You've been staring at mountains and thinking about being out there. Yeah. Where where's that first run going to be? Have you planned the route? You you ready to go? Um, yeah, just no. I guess it just depends, like what we actually are allowed to do. Yeah. But I, th- I think for me, it's just to just to, to get out. Like as I say, if, if I could just run around the state now, that that's that's kind of good enough. But flip, someone <laughs> asked me that that the other day, if you could be like teleported anywhere in in the world, where would it be? Um, and I think to be completely honest, it would probably just be the top of Table Mountain. It's just like pretty surreal up there. Like I love being like on top of a mountain, but also being able to be surrounded by the ocean. So mm-hmm. I definitely are kind of really kind of yeah, kind of frothing to to get back onto <laughs> onto Table Mountain again. But beggars can't be can't be choosers. I think sure. just yeah, being being able to to run anywhere now, I'll take it. Yeah, 100% bro, 100%. Yeah, so Ryan, I just want to say on behalf of us, it has been just such an absolute pleasure and a joy to to hear from you and, and hear your hear your stories and, and and everything about your lifestyle. It's just, uh, it's such, it's been incredible to watch uh, you progress and the achievements that you are racking up and I have no doubt are going to continue to rack up and we can't wait to see what that is and when you can share more news about these exciting projects. We're gonna we're gonna eat it up, bro. We're gonna eat it up. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks so much. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for your time. It, it really does mean a lot that you carved out the time to actually sit and chat to us. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. No. And um, yeah, and we'll stay in contact. Cool, for sure. Yeah, and like, keep keep in touch. And yeah, too easy. Thank you, guys. Awesome, buddy. Awesome. Uh, good one. And uh, enjoy that first run, wherever it may be. <laughs> I will, will do. <laughs> thanks, Ed. Okay. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Amount new seventy four. Been delayed one a week or more.